you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. On this episode, we head to the Grave Horde. We learn about Operation Enduring Victory. Then we head to the Eclipse main base to take down their focus network. Welcome to episode 17 of Lightkeeper Protocol. To Lightkeeper Protocol, a podcast about our journey through Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West. I am Jarrett, but you can call me Ja, and I am here with Christina, also known as Pop Tart. Hello. Yes, and I'd like to welcome any new listeners as well as welcome back any returning listeners. Thank you guys very much for coming back and checking out the show. Hope you're enjoying the show. And uh, we love to hear what you have to say about the show, about the game. So please join us in our Discord at mash.gg slash discord where we do have channels dedicated to horizons Zero dawn and forbidden west spoiler channels too so if you want to talk spoilers that's fine uh before we get into this week's episode or this <laughs> this uh, today's episode i should say um let's just do a quick recap uh, last time we talked about the hunter's lodge and the hunting grounds we finished the hunter's lodge storyline to help talana become the sunhawk as well as covered everything that you could do at each of the hunting ground and talked a bit about the weapons so that's what we talked about in the last episode but on this episode we are back on our main story main quest path here and uh, we are riding toward the grave horde which used to be u.s robot command and uh we're trying to find out more about project zero dawn and how elizabeth saved humanity essentially right so, you know, as you're riding toward the Grave Horde, you can see, like, the, a metal devil, or what we now know as a horse. You can see that wrapped around that facility, so there was a fight there. And as Aloy gets closer, she runs into Eclipse, so this isn't going to be like Maker's End, where once you get into the facility, you know, it's all platforming and uh, audio logs. <laughs> so, uh, she runs into Eclipse outside the facility, and inside the facility uh, i guess at some point the horse busted a hole right in the front of you know this this building so that's how we we get in but when you get in uh there's some eclipse some corrupted machines you can deal with them really fast but you know you don't see something that says u.s robot command what you see is a sign that says operation enduring victory and i think there's Oh man, is there four audio logs or just there might be three? I know there's definitely at least three. There might be four audio logs. There was in the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, all all, four audio logs like they don't give you any specific information, but they're all uh, audio logs from soldiers who were defending that installation against the Horus and whatever else came with it. It makes machines, so I'm assuming Deathbringers and uh corruptors or scarabs as we know them so uh yeah all the audio logs are referring to that and it's basically a lot of them are uh them about to die essentially because you find all their bodies there (laughs) i'm pretty sure one was just yelling too like there was no talking it was just like ah 
What, no, I know which one you're talking about. And somebody screams somebody else's name and then the rest is yelling. Yeah, that. Yep, exactly. Yeah, there, there, there's that one. But there was the one that was like, I guess, right before the assault where they were, it was like 30 seconds out and they were like making jokes right before the fight. And then the fighting started and it just sounded like a whole bunch of noise, you know. Um, even though I will say it did sound like they had a plan. This group, it sounded like they had destroyed, you know, horse units successfully before. But this time it went, it went different. This time they did not win. Because I forget what they said. I forget what they said. They said, oh, it's just like this. We're going to do it again. We're going to, uh, we're going to cut off the limbs and then we're going to take out the core is what they were saying. Uh, so, but like I said, all the logs are off of their dead bodies. Uh, they were the members of the ninth MRB, which comes up a couple times while you're in the grave horde. So, um, but like I said, we, we know that the grave horde was originally U.S. robot command, but at some point it got converted to this operation enduring victory. And it was also a barracks for soldiers too, which I wouldn't imagine the U.S. robot command would have, you know, barracks inside of it. This definitely had barracks inside of it and so there's some additional audio logs there with some of the soldiers telling their stories about you know uh going out and actually from the audio logs we know that it wasn't just military fighting the robots they actually had uh, civilians fighting too they had civilians enlistees civilian enlistees uh because they were training minutemen and I think one of the logs was from Corporal Acosta, and she uh, said she felt bad for the ones that thought they'd survive if they listened to the training. Like, they thought, like, oh, if I, you know, because that's what they told them. Like, if you listen to training, you, you might be able to live through this when right. there was almost no chance that they were going to live through it. You know? No, there's like no chance anyone's going to live through any of this. And you just feel bad listening to everything. Everybody tries to stay hopeful. But I mean, I guess that's what you do in. In situations like this, right? You got to try to stay hopeful. Well, even more specifically, the the civilians they enlisted. Like, if the the soldiers are going to have a hard enough time surviving, a civilian is going to have an even worse time, you know, or less chance of of surviving it. So, and I guess they had, actually, well, I'll I'll get into it a little later, but they, they definitely for sure saw a lot of civilians getting mowed down, so. Uh, there was an audio log that revealed that soldiers were using holographic simulators that were supposed to be for like training and stuff. They were playing games on them. <laughs> so, uh, I th- think that's training too. You know, hand-eye coordination. Uh, you would say something like that. <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, the the lieutenant didn't sound too upset about it. She said, "I just need to remind everybody that you're not supposed to be doing this." But whatever, you know. So you you come across that. Uh, more importantly, you do come across a collection of logs, which are actually, I guess, voicemails he was sending to his wife from a sergeant, uh, Guliev. And he said, you know, like I said, he sent messages to his family. The first one was like, really, it was kind of upbeat talking about how they took down a horse. And, you know, he talked about the civilians. He's like, oh, somehow it's coming together. But that one was like upbeat. Right. The second one was kind of a downer. Like at that point, he had, he had apologized because he hadn't been sending the mail. Um, they have lost more people and they have to work more just to make up for the people that they lost. And he's like, I can't, I can't even recognize the places that we're defending here. Uh, you know, and I think that's because 
I can't remember if it's in an audio log or if it was in a data point, but at some point they start talking about having like they're they're basically like just destroying areas, trying to slow the machines down, right? Like they're dropping buildings on top of them and you know stuff like that. So they're really they're just trying to survive. They're really like messing up the landscape, you know. Right. I mean, not to mention like the machines are messing up, you know everything anyway so if it's not them it's the machine's going to destroy it right that's true uh so you know he said that with that one i think he ends up with the you know he actually said it says something like uh it's like a family business but these people aren't my family you know the only thing I, i'm fighting for is you talking to his wife and that kind of the overall theme that you get from a bunch of the audio logs, they're just trying to wait for Zero Dawn to be completed. Like, we still don't know what Zero Dawn is, but they want Zero Dawn to be completed, and they're, that's what they're fighting for. Um, but, yeah, so that's the, the audio logs you get from him. He says, uh, I think, actually, in the beginning, the very first audio log I got, they're like, okay, we got 30 seconds and coming, and somebody joked, is that long enough for uh, Sobek to finish Zero Dawn? You know, they all <laughs> laughed about it. Yeah, but that's everybody's fighting to 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 give Elizabeth time to finish Project Zero Dawn, whatever that is at this point. So, yeah, because like you said earlier, um, I think when you go in right away or shortly after, they do say it like enduring victory. And I'm like, oh, OK, they're just waiting it out. This is for the long haul. This is not going to be great. Right. Yeah. Actually, I think that first audio log, she was like, yeah, we stepped in a whole bunch of enduring victory today. <laughs> you know <laughs> so you know they're just trying to keep things lighthearted, um to keep their hopes up uh so i mean a little bit past the area with the audio logs you do come across uh those time code locks like kind of like the ones that are in the the armory that you're trying to get the special armor in and there's multiple of them and i mean there's some of the solutions are on the wall like you would expect but some of them involve like listening to audio logs and then solving the locks from there it was easy, and then I got to that one with the audio log, and I went, like, 10D brain on this. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, I was like, oh, this is a puzzle that I have to solve, right? So I write everything down, and I was like, wait, he didn't say the logs in the proper, like, northeast, southwest. Maybe I just have to follow exactly what he said after, like, just thinking about it for five minutes, and that's literally what you had to do. Yeah. Yeah, you overthought it. Yeah, definitely. I overthought it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> As I never like, yeah, like when he said it, I was like, okay, and I just put it in, and that was that was it. I actually forgot these puzzles were in in this part. Yeah. So. No, it's not even a puzzle. He just gives you the answer, and then I was like, oh, this is some kind of code. <laughs> That's true. In some of the other, not there's only like two more facilities left, but I think this is really the only puzzle you get in the game because there's those time locks, I'm pretty sure, in the Zero Dawn facility itself, which is a little later on. And I can't remember if Gaia Prime has some, probably, you know. So, uh, yeah, I think it's the only type of puzzle that they actually have. So, but, um, after you solve the locks, the door that opens, when you open it, like right to the left of that door, there's a power cell just sitting there waiting for you to take it. So you didn't have to even have to go looking for it. I, I think this is the only that. I think it's the first power cell that you did not have to go looking for, really. Like the door just opens and is there. Now some people may ignore it because it's it has it's green. So 
you know, it's just a, it looks like it might it looks like a green item, but if you look at the actual item itself, it's clearly like a power cell. So, no. If you missed it, go back and get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, the deeper you get inside the facility, uh, you'll run into more eclipse. This area can be stealth, but why? Like there's one there's one scrapper in with the group. I do think there's like two or three scald enemies, but at this point, just set them all on fire, man. <laughs> just, just set them all on fire and send them on their way. Yeah, I just put up traps and then they all ran up the ramp and blew themselves up. So Yeah. I don't know, maybe in the next game they'll find a way to make human enemies a bit more daunting or durable or something. <laughs> you know. But yeah, this time I just I just I was like, eh, I killed the scrapper really fast. I killed the scrapper so fast they were still trying to figure out what was happening. And then I just <laughs> I, I uh then I just ended up shooting them and that was the end of it. But there yeah, so the, I think yeah, this is the one of the only combat areas. Uh after this, the next combat area is a little farther off. But um then the next area that you get to, and this is where things start to get interesting, uh, or I guess maybe not, I won't say necessarily interesting, but you can kind of see what was happening behind the scenes here. Uh, there's a bunch of terminals, and when you listen to the terminals, it's some of the audio logs that you listened to before, like specifically Guliev's, like Sergeant Guliev's logs to his wife. They're edited, like heavily edited. You know, like they, the one, the second one specifically that he sent that was a real downer they made it an upper <laughs> they made it seem like everything was okay but it's actually pretty it was it, it was edited and if you look at the status of them if you look at the status of the messages they'll either say like edited and approved or rejected and uh Guliev's wife she responded back to one oh actually the first one that she sent was pretty positive i think it was approved and sent through the second one she sent she was like i don't even know if you're alive and she could tell that the air the the messages were edited because they did a bad editing job, but she could tell that the messages were edited. And she's like, you're also not responding to the news that I'm sending. And she was talking about things that are like happening on the outside. Like things are getting bad, you know, resources are getting low. Uh, they need to wear rebreathers there. There's rioting. Apparently there's some like, I don't want to know if they're terrorist groups or, you know, extremist groups, but they're like called like one earth, uh, which I even tried to see if I could find information on them. Nothing. There's no additional information on this one Earth. So, uh, something happened in the Dallas bubble, which I'm assuming is like a containment area for in the in the Dallas, Texas area. Something happened there. And she's like, it wasn't the machines that did it. So you know, it's humans being humans. We're, we're talking about some Walking Dead stuff now at this right. point, right? Or people just being greedy. Maybe they think that they can. Uh, oh, I guess you're saying like Walking. You know what? I didn't watch that show. Never mind. I thought you meant like they turned into zombies, but now I'm realizing now no. that okay, yeah, no, I got it. After <laughs> wow, you know. yeah, the humans are the worst part of The Walking Dead. So. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and they, she said they won't give her a straight answer about whether he's alive or dead. Uh, she says whenever she asked, they said, "Well, if he's sending mail, that means he's operational." And that's all they'll say. So. Uh, there is a message from Lieutenant Morell, who you find her body in the very beginning of this area. Not the area, but the very beginning of the facility with the, with the 9th MRB. And she's asking for the 9th MRB to be retasked to facilities important to Zero Dawn. And she's saying, you know, their morale is, is getting worn down. Their morale is low 
after seeing all the death and devastation like that the civilians are are going through because like you know like i said the coast is part of the ninth mrb and she's sitting there training these men and men who she's she knows is not aren't aren't going to survive so after seeing so many people die, she's saying it's it's really uh weighing heavily on them and she wants to be retasked from the field to facilities so i'm assuming that's how they got to defend that facility in the first place that's how they got there in the first place because she has to be retasked uh, not that it made a difference. I mean, the machines are everywhere. It's better there than <laughs> somewhere else, you know. Right. And then she also asked for another status update on Zero Dawn, but she's apparently not getting them. So, yeah, that's what's going on. But um, you actually later, not even that much further um, ahead, you do get some additional information on the Ninth MRB. Uh, you find a, da- a data point that has the USRC deployment records. And I mean, I'm not going to go through the entire record, but the one thing I will note is that the ninth MRB had destroyed three Titan class machines. So I'm pretty sure there's a horse machine or horse uh, uh, robots. And uh, they destroyed them with minimal losses. And so I, I'm assuming that's why they, they kept sending them out to go deal with these things because they were doing a good job at killing them. But you know, you got to keep <laughs> if the morale's too low, it's going to, uh, their operational efficiency, I'm sure, will decrease. So that's why that's what they were. Uh, that's why they were protecting this facility. And um, I don't know. I wonder if they tried to figure out like what they were doing to take down these machines that was making them so successful because they were getting like killed everywhere else. You know, maybe they are just really good. Maybe it was just like a really good team that's that got put together and they worked really well off of each other. Maybe there's no secret. They just good at killing robots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's when you try to replicate it. Yeah. You know? I mean, the best they can. I mean, because I mean, the thing about the, you know, the machines just can can, can continue to replicate. I don't think the horse class machines can make them. I don't think anybody the machines can make more horse class machines though. What I imagine is happening is that the original, like the Hearts Team or Swarm, hacked the other, like started hacking the other swarms. You know, so that's why they have these Horus machines. But how many Horus machines are out there? Yeah, that's right. what you got to really look at. Um, but um, there was another entry about, I, forget, I can't remember which MRB it was, but they refused to leave like a front. And so they were going to get court-martialed. But I don't know if it made a difference because they probably were killed at that front anyway. You know, so it wasn't like they weren't fighting. They just refused to leave the front. So in that same room... There is a map of the Earth. It's a hologram map of the Earth. So when Aloy activates it, she's like, what's this? She isn't sure what it is. I'm like, what do you mean? Well, it's Earth. And I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> she's never actually seen the Earth. And the map showed a time lapse, uh, time, not time lapse, a time lapse of the Pharaoh Plague. Uh, and... This part was funny. Uh, Silence tries to, like, you know, quote unquote, educate Aloy. And when she asks, like, what is this? She's like, it's the Earth. It's where it's the planet we live on. It's not flat like you thought it was. And she was like, why would I think it's flat? (laughs) You know, (laughs) and she's like, she already knew that the Earth was not flat because based off of the shadow that it cast during lunar eclipse, that's how she knew that the Earth was not flat. I don't know if that's a Nora teaching or something that, uh, uh ross taught her you know or she just came to that conclusion by herself you know 
But yeah, she already knew that the earth was not flat. She just didn't know what the earth looked like. You know, uh, I wonder, you know. I wonder if the majority of people in this world think the earth is flat and that's why he responded that way. But like, it's just such a weird response because he doesn't know Aloy like that. So like, how do you know what she thinks the shape of the <laughs> earth is? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Like, because I mean, wasn't like people believe in the earth was flat. Isn't that a myth in general? Like people never really actually believed that the earth was actually flat. Like the, we've known the earth is round for a very, very long time. Oh, you're saying like previously, in a, not in current day. Okay. Not in current day, you know, which is sad. But like, (laughs) not in current day, I'm talking about, you know, in the past, people really like, you know, they, I I mean, I I, I just think that, because, you know, when I was in school, they taught you, they thought Christopher Columbus was going to fall off the edge of the earth, but it wasn't (laughs) true at all. (laughs) It wasn't true at all that that they thought Christopher Columbus, by the time Christopher Columbus sailed, they already knew the earth was was round and I'm sure they did for centuries before that, you know. I just don't know exactly when the first re- reference of the earth being round is, you know. I don't know, I'm not an uh earthologist, so I wouldn't know that answer. <laughs> that is that I cannot think of whatever field of science it is, but it's not that. <laughs> it's definitely not that. I can definitely tell you (laughs) it is not earthologist. (laughs) Yeah, I have a degree in earthology. I'm sure you do. Did you get that from the University of Phoenix? (laughs) So, yeah, no. (laughs) All right. So, um, a little bit past that room is another room where Horace broke through, right? Now, this is you knew something was up because you get a hallway and it's just a straight hallway. There's nothing else in the hallway. There's actually some herbs you could pick up, like some some like healing herbs, and that is it. But when you go through this door, this is where the Horus actually broke through the facility. And um, the Eclipse are there and they're trying to free a Deathbringer, which they're successful, by the way. They successfully uh, free the Deathbringer. And uh, yeah, now you gotta uh, you gotta fight a moving Deathbringer and uh, a few cultists. Now, this fight was way easier than I remember it being. To be honest with you, it was very easy. It would have been easier if my I'm such a smart person. Um, when I try to shoot someone and this thing saw me, obviously forgot that the un- environment was destructible. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, and he just blew the the uh, floor from right underneath you, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was able to kill all of the cultists from the roof. I was able to do that, and then I went down to, uh, down where. Uh, well, it was. I think it's a ladder. It's not a ladder. Is it? It was a repel. It was a repel. I think it's a repel that you go down, right? I just fell uh, down a hole. I don't know. You didn't die. <laughs> When you fell? No. Oh, I thought because you were. It seemed kind of high up. It, well, okay, well, it is, but you know how there's like some platforms? So I was shooting the guy on one of the platforms, so I was like above him. So I fell oh, down okay. onto a platform, not just onto the ground. Oh, okay, gotcha, yeah. 
So I think it was a rappel that I rappelled down. And uh, yeah, then I started fighting him, uh, the Deathbringer. And yeah, there are these, I guess, piles of metal pipes on the ground, which are not destructible. So you can weave in and out of those and just dodge the missiles. You can dodge the gunfire. You can dodge all that stuff. And I wonder, it just felt easier because I'm on mouse and keyboard now, and I can just respond way faster. I'm way more accurate with mouse and keyboard. I can, I can, I can react faster. I can move faster. But uh, yeah, I mean, I just uh, kept overheating it and then hitting the weak points. I, I, I did destroy the rocket launcher on the top, I guess, left hand side of it, or its right hand side. Yeah. There's a rocket launcher on top of there. I destroyed it. And I thought you could knock it off, so I was trying to hit it with the, uh, I was trying to hit it with the uh, terror blast arrows, but that was not working. That was not working at all. Yeah, I was trying to do that too, but I did the same thing. Um, I just overheated it every time its little kneecaps came out. I would shoot those. Uh, they did a lot of damage. So, yeah. Yeah, every time, it, like, it's just, every time it w- it didn't heat, like, you know, it stopped overheating, I would just pull out the sling and just hit it a couple times, and it starts playing its little song, its overheat song. You don't hear it? You never heard that? <laughs> I didn't hear it. No, can you sing it for me? <laughs> I cannot sing that for you, no. Like, okay. <laughs> it plays, like, a little, like, it makes, like, a, it sounds like hitting somebody hitting, like, discord keys on a, on a piano. That's what it, like, you know. Uh, that's it's what like, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, right. it's like it's like it definitely sounds like an error, <laughs> you know. But it has a little has a little overheat song that it plays every time you overheat it, and then I just hit the weight weak points, and that's it. So I do believe the next time you come across Deathbringers that you actually fight, which we're gonna, we're gonna get into that Deathbringers that you don't fight. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, you uh, come across the Deathbringers, the next Deathbringers you do fight, I do think you'll have significantly less cover to do so, if I remember correctly. I have not gotten back there in the game yet, so, yeah. But, uh, yeah, a pretty easy fight. Um, like I said, this game, it was made to be, to be played on a, uh, on, a, on a controller, so having the mouse and keyboard hacks, you know. Yeah, Maybe I was thinking have. about that earlier. I'm not looking forward to having to play it on a controller, the new one. Uh, yeah, that's going to be rough. It's going to be rough going back. I was hoping I'd be done with the game early enough to kind of like cleanse my palate of using a mouse Muscle and keyboard memory. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm just kind of like, man, I hope I don't you know, suck at this next game <laughs> because I'm so used to using mouse and keyboard now. So. But, uh, God, man, I haven't played a console. I haven't picked up my console controller since I want to say like mid November at this point. So, yeah. So after the fight, Aloy, she realizes that the old soldiers had to fight hundreds of them at a time. And the one thing she, she doesn't say, but I remember saying, here, like, you know, the thing that I think Silence told us before is that every Deathbringer or every Corruptor they find, it's damaged in some way. It's not 100% powered. All of the ones they fought were fully powered. <laughs> you know, they were they were 100% just fresh out of the horse. And uh, they had to fight those. And so she's like, wow, that's that's a lot. Which we're like, yeah, it is a lot. Um, but you go a little, bit, a little bit further into the complex. You do find a, da- a data point talking about biosphere degradation. And um, 
it just straight up says like even though they've been fighting back they haven't slowed the feral plague they expect by november 2065 that air wouldn't be breathable and they expect for exposed populations to be dead by february 2066 all land organisms would be dead by march 2066 and marine life would be dead in early 2068 and they're also having problems with water because oh man i think well, i can't remember which uh which which audio log it was but somebody mentioned that they're getting a ton of rain because the uk is essentially on fire right the uk is gone and it's on fire and this kind of mentions that the rain is toxic the rain that's coming down so the the facilities that process water are just they're over capacity they can't process the water properly so things are not looking great uh, at least when this was when this was written so now in the next room over there's another hollow projector, and Aloy, she presses the button. Thank you, Dr. Sobek. You can take a seat. What? You're going to sack her after what she just said? Dr. Sobek has made the situation very clear, General, and given us an option. We should all be thanking her. No, it's just... I mean, my God! Maybe take this discussion offline. There's not going to be any discussion. You saw the numbers. Now, Pharaoh, he'll foot the bill, but his money can't buy the time necessary to complete Zero Dawn. That, that can only be paid for in blood. Oh, come on. If we upgrade our fleet, crack the code somehow... Were you not listening? Robots can't do the fighting fleet this time. When it comes to hacking, this rogue swarm is an apex predator. Anything automated you throw at it, they will hijack and take over. But this... We'd be throwing civilians into a meat grinder. Commanders, the enemy we're facing self-replicates faster than we can kill it, and it eats biomass as fuel. Zero Dawn is all we've got. So we put a railgun in the hand of every civilian strong enough to carry one, show them where the trigger is, and point them to the front? How the hell do we sell that? By giving them something to fight for. Zero Dawn. The top-secret super-weapons program that will save us. So long as humanity holds off the swarm long enough for Dr. Sobek and her team to finish it. The file I'm sending contains the war plan for Operation Enduring Victory. War plan? This is a war crime! It may be ugly, but it's something. Consider the alternative. Dr. Sobek, I've secured use of a decommissioned orbital launch base outside Bryce, Utah as the Zero Dawn staging area. Plenty of space there. When can you get started? I've already mailed you a list of Alpha and Beta candidates. Most are foreign nationals or subjects of corporate holdings, so extracting them... Leave that to me. You'll get your dream team. Count on it. Then I'll be off. So it is a record of a meeting that took place with Elizabeth and military commanders, and General Ares is there. Ares? I think it's Ares. Ares, Ares, something like that. And, uh, yeah, they were pretty unhappy about hearing about what was coming. And, uh, yeah, essentially Operation Enduring Victory is the effort to hold the machines back until Zero Dawn is complete. And, uh, Harris made it clear that they need to hold off the swarm long enough to complete Zero Dawn. And in order to do that, they would have to get civilians to fight. There's no doubt about it. Like, the military can't do it on its own. And they, you know, one of the... Uh, commander says, well, how are we supposed to do that? And he says, well, we have to give them hope. We'll tell them about Project Zero Dawn, that Project Zero Dawn can solve everything. 
And uh, another one of the commanders says that he says doing this is like throwing civilians into the meat grinder, you know. And I thought, well, that's probably true considering what these things did to those dolphins, you know. Right. (laughs) You know. So I think that same military commander says, no, this is a war crime. Like, he's super upset about this, understandably. (laughs) Right. Um, Harris also does say that Zero Dawn is a weapons program. So. That goes in line with what Silence said at Maker's End, that he's heard about some super weapon that uh, or it was being developed. So that's what Aloy and Silence are now kind of looking for. They're looking for this super weapon that uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Sobet made to fight the machines. Right? And was this part, too, and maybe this is like not said or anything, maybe I'm, I'm putting weird connections together, but... Um, part of the armory as well, like, like the, the armor with the, um, power cells. Cause we went in there, we can't unlock it yet. And they, they gave yeah. you the data logs in there. So was this also part of zero dawn or was this just like a side thing? I think the armory was a side thing was so they were just looking for armor that they could use, I guess, for, you know, for the soldiers that they were fighting. I mean, I don't think they would have gave that armor to the civilians. They can only make so much of it. True. Yeah, so, um, so here as he does mention that they secured a decommissioned orbital launch base in Utah, and that can be used as a zero dawn staging area. And Elizabeth sent him a list of candidates to help work on the project, and he promised he'd get the team. And that's where Elizabeth walks out, and the conference is. So we still don't know what Project Zero Dawn is. To a degree, like we know it's some type of, well, they're saying it's some type of super weapon, right? Um, and they just need time to complete this this super weapon before, you know, the, the robots destroy everybody. Um, but we don't know what exactly Zero Dawn is. We just know it's some type of weapon at this point. So uh, there is an audio log in that same room. Did you get that? I was about to ask you the same thing. Yes, I did. <laughs> yes. So I, there, there's an audio log in that room. Dr. Sobek, as projected, the Wichita salient has collapsed. Five Horus-class titans have broken through. We predict contact in 34 hours. Everything is in position, General. It took a few shortcuts to pull everything together, but Zero Dawn is functionally complete. Good to go. That enduring victory served its purpose after all. Yes, if we'd had even one day less. I've sent you an encoded file, Doctor. Please do me the favor of archiving it. I'll I'll see what I can do. What is it? A brief statement. An allocution of crimes, I guess you'd call it. To what are you admitting guilt? Over the past 16 months, Doctor. I have presided over the greatest wholesale slaughter of military personnel and civilians in the history of history. Genghis Khan, Hitler, Stalin, Sorabella, add them all together. They don't even come close. You didn't do the killing, General. No, not directly. But I didn't wind up the highest ranked military commander in the United States by resisting the automation of the armed forces. Even before the swarm, Doctor, I was helping death along. So, instead of letting what I've done sink into the murk, forgotten, I sent a file with all the details. Let posterity judge my actions with clear vision. 
I'll do as you ask, General. But you should consider that were it not for your actions, our actions, there wouldn't be any posterity to judge us. Right. Dr. Sobek. At ease, General. And goodbye. Hell of a thing. From the artwork, it sounds like Elizabeth was uh, was telling... Oh, sorry. It sounds like Harris was telling Elizabeth that the facility would be under attack soon. Like the facility that they were in, the Operation Endurance Victory one. And they probably wouldn't be able to protect them anymore. At least that's what I got from it. That he's saying, you know, you got about, you know, we got about 34 hours before the attack. Um, and uh, her response is that Zero Dawn was complete. Like they had just enough time to complete Zero Dawn. She said if they had one day less, they wouldn't have been able to do it. So Zero Dawn is operational and they could use it. And Harris, he wants her to archive him like he gave him uh, gave her a message to archive and she wants he wants her to archive him admitting to the wholesale slaughter of military personnel with an operation enduring victory uh which he says you know you combine some of the worst you know massacres in the world and it doesn't even come close to you know what he's done so, I mean, that right there kind of, and even actually the, well, I'll, I'll put it like this, cause the, the end of the conversation, she tells him goodbye, you know, uh, versus like, see you later, or, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, we'll meet you here, or or something like that. Um, I don't know, it, it just kind of makes it, 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 it kind of makes you wonder, like, what was going on, you know, because it doesn't seem like, uh, if, if Zero Dawn is indeed a super weapon. They didn't sound too excited about their super weapon being finished, <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, it almost sounds like it'll destroy. I don't know. I, I was really confused by that, too, because it was like, goodbye. Okay, well, they're going to die or maybe he's going to die. Is he going to go on the front lines, which he shouldn't? But um, or they're all going to get frozen, like I said before. And then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you know, it's not the response. Well, so we don't know. We don't really know have de- or have details on Zero Dawn itself. So we don't know what level of destruction this super weapon was going to cause, uh, or or anything like that. But it just that neither of them sounded too happy that it was done. Uh, well, no, Harris sounded happy. He was like, "Oh, so Operation Enduring Victory served its purpose." So he seemed a bit happy about that. But the way the conversation went is not like, uh, you know. Oh, you finished the weapon? Great. Let's let's get it into the hands of whoever needs it or let's activate it or let's fire it or nothing like that. So it was definitely a, a weird type of message. But uh yeah, after that, Aloy, she heads up a ladder that takes her back outside, and uh Hollow Silence shows up. <sighs> Glad to be rid of that place. Now I just need to find the orbital launch base they talked about. I've checked my data and located the base. That's the good news. And the bad? It's directly underneath the Citadel, the palace at Sunfall. The capital of the Shadow Karja. Not exactly convenient. The palace is crawling with Eclipse agents. Many in positions of authority, all of them wearing focuses. The moment they see you, Hades will too. He'll issue another kill order, and this time, the entire Shadow Karja military will be after you. So, disable their focuses. You've done it before. It's not that simple. Too many focuses in one place, each of them communicating with each other and back to Hades, a whole network of them. Network? What's that? 
imagine a vast invisible web stretched across the land from end to end connecting focuses together allowing them to communicate over vast distances instantaneously all right so is there some way to cut the web down hmm. crash the network audacious yes there is a way a weak point in the network point the way <laughs> i'll send the location data to your focus head there and i'll be in touch when you're close with more directions and so now they need to find this orbital base and the good news is that silence knows where it is the bad news is that it's underneath the citadel at sunfall and uh yeah if Aloy gets caught there hades will know and he'll send the entire shadow carja to go after her and i mean she's in their base at that point so escaping would be kind of difficult and uh yeah so silence she, she just tells silence to disable their focuses and he's like i can't it's too many focuses at once and you know he explains what the network is and she's like well can't you just cut down the web or you know he's basically like, cut down the network can't you do that and he was like oh that's not a bad idea so apparently he does know of a way to bring down their network and he sends aloy to a new location and uh so he gives her coordinates to a new location and says, okay, we'll just uh, show up over here and I'll tell you what to do. And that's what she does, but not before taking the most fun zipline in the game. I didn't take it. What did you do? I fell. You fell? <laughs> I oh thought I my. saw. A... Wow. I... So you fell, died, and spawned at the bottom? No, 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 no. I thought I saw stairs going down. So I started to take those and then the stairs were not all there. So I fell down to the next portion of the platform. And I was like, well, I can't get off of this safely. So I'm just going to fast travel to the next place. Oh, wow. So you didn't you did all that work going into the grave hoard and didn't take the zip line down. I didn't I didn't see it. Oh man, yeah, it's an awesome zipline. Oh, you you zipline down the arms of the Horus. That's what you do. <laughs> can can you go? Can I go back? No. Yes, you can. You can. You can go back into the grave horde and go all the way back up if you want to. No, you know what? I'll I'll look at a video. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> But yeah, that's I can't believe you didn't take the zip line. Wow. Oh that man. was what I was like, man, I can't wait to get done with this so I could take the zip line back down. Yeah, oh, I was like, how do I get down? Oh, there's stairs. Oh, nope, that's not it. <laughs> oh wow. Wow. That is I did not expect that response from you. Wow. Uh I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, at least, so I took the most fun <laughs> in the game. She didn't. Um, I guess we'll leave it <laughs> at that. But after I landed, then I fast traveled over to, I guess, the, the, at least the nearest campfire I had. It wasn't that close. I was still like 400 steps or something like that away whatever the unit of measurement they're using right. i was 400 or so <laughs> of them i think i didn't have anything close to it so i had to do a bit of traveling to get over there yeah like just a little bit not much i did get a metal flower along the way i think Maybe you might have 
I might have that up gotten earlier, that maybe? one already. Yeah. I had not gone over there. And I guess this is the problem with playing through a second time. I was like, I knew I was going to have to go over there at some point. So I just didn't go. That's the problem I'm having now where all, I got a lot of the metal flowers before. And then I go back to the area and I'm like, why did I do that? I had a <laughs> side quest there and I didn't right, know. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. I, I, I knew I was going to have to go to that area. And I just say, okay, I'll go over there eventually. So, but uh, Aloy, she does arrive at the coordinates Silence provides. And uh, if you get there during the day, Silence tells you to wait until nightfall at the campfire. And if you do try to push forward, she'll just turn back. So don't bother. Uh, I will say the jewel at night is one of my favorite places to be. It looks so cool. Like the, yeah. the jewel. Yeah, it's it's nice. And that's what this this area, that's what this place is. It's in the jewel. So I actually, when I'm in the jewel, prefer fighting at night because there's so many stalkers and stuff there. You can see everything glowing. Yeah, you in, can. In the daytime, I just like run into everything. I'm like, oh God, wait, how did I not see that? But like night, it's it's super bright. So I'm good to yeah, go. Yeah, like it's really easy to see stalker areas at night because their little traps like go like light up and glow. So, mm-hmm. but once nightfall hits, hollow silence shows up again. How nice of you to finally drop by. Our purpose this night is to crash the focus network. Yeah. Tell me the part I don't know. How? For starters, you'll need to infiltrate the eclipse's main base. Wait, what? That's right. Fortunately for you, I brought you around to the back way. It's right through that crevice. Once you reach the base, you'll see the objective. A derelict tall neck that's been extensively modified. Climb the tall neck. Grafted into the top of its disc, you'll find a module of sorts. Destroy that, and the focus network will crash. So you were part of the eclipse? I've never been part of anything. I serve my own interests always. But... It is the case that I assisted the Eclipse before I sensed the threat they might become. It was a mistake that I'm doing what I can to correct. What sort of assistance did you give them? Head through that crevice, Aloy. You have more important things to do than ask questions. Yeah, so it turns out Silence has brought you to the back entrance of the Eclipse main base. Not really where you want to be if you're Aloy uh, while Hades is looking for her. And the plan is to sneak into the base and disable a module on top of a derelict tall neck. And that will crash the Eclipse focus network. So uh, Aloy, she pressed the silence a little bit on if he was part of the Eclipse. And again, he says no. The second time he says no. Uh, He did, however, assist them before he realized what type of threat they were. And when Aloy, you know, asked him about what he did, he wouldn't answer the question. So uh, my guess is he he thought that they would help him learn more about the old ones, like maybe get into some of the ruins or something like that. And uh, yeah, he got in over his head when he realized what they were actually doing. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know if he did more assistance, but I think what he did assist with was probably connecting the focuses to begin with. Maybe, maybe that's what he did. And that's why he knows how to turn, uh, you know, how to disable them. Right. That's a possibility. Uh, he, but he, he has several, he said this again in this conversation. He said it several times now that he always works in his best interest. 
I'm like, Ava, you can't trust people like that. <laughs> like, you know, that's because he's stated it several times. I always work in my best interest. I do what's in my best interest. So if you, what's in your best interest is not in his best interest, you may lose on that when it comes to him. So, uh, but then Aloy, she does make her way into the base and she finds a bunch of corrupted machines and you can either stealth past them, especially in the first part, it's super easy to stealth past them or you can fight them because there's more than enough cover to stealth around like between bush to bush. There's also the high ropes, like the ropes in the high area. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. And they're super easy to get to because you can actually get into one of like the high grass areas and there's like the the climbing things to allow you to get up to the ropes and then boom, you can just go straight to it. You can get through this area super fast, actually, if I, you want to. Yeah, I killed everything really fast. I think in that first area, there was like a long leg or something that I missed and I was like, I don't care. And I just went up and across. Yeah, there's two long legs there. The rest are watchers. And in the next area, there it's all scrappers. And I mean, you could throw a rock and they'll just go over there, like, you know, and, <laughs> and walk past it. So, but Aloy, she does mention that there's explosions in the distance and Silence is telling her to ignore it. And later on, he does tell her it's a mining operation and that it won't affect her if she acts quickly. But, you know, this, you, you, as you move forward, the explosions get fat, uh, louder and louder and louder. And once Aloy makes it past the machines, Silence is expecting to see. A tall neck. He's expecting to see a tall neck in the next area, but they're both surprised when there's nothing there except a single tall neck leg, not the (laughs) tall neck itself. So, uh, Silence says it must have been moved down a ravine. So, oh, she needs to actually go toward the explosions now. And now there are humans in this area, and it looks like a a little camp area they have. And um, uh, Silence also to take note of the of a rappel point on a bridge. He says to memorize it because when she needs to make a quick exit, she'll need that repel point to get out. I think that's a really weird repel point. I agree. I did put a flag on it, though, for just in case. <laughs> just in I, case. Knew, I knew I would lose it. Um, but no, I looked after I got to it because, again, humans, it was so easy to get through that base. I looked around. I was like, what the heck is this? But it's a really weird place to have a rebel point because it's just a it's a waterfall. Like it leads down into a river. Right. That's that's where it leads. So but yeah, the, the people are there, you can just kill them fast. Silence says you can avoid them or kill them. I honestly don't really see a way to avoid them. Because especially the last guy, he's standing right in front of where you have to go. Right. I mean, I guess you could throw a rock and distract him if you really want to. But there's no bonus in this game for doing a no kill playthrough. Just kill everybody. <laughs> you know, so. Uh, but after you clear the camp, you come across a tent, and it's actually Helis's tent. Uh, his armor is there, and there are also a bunch of audiogs there. And this is probably where I spent the most time in this mission, listening yeah. to this crazy dude. So, yeah, this guy's whack, man. <laughs> um, if you miss these audiogs, like I, I think you really missed something here because you can kind of get into his head a little bit <laughs> and see what like what type of person he is. Uh, there's a couple different subjects he kind of talks about, right? Like, so the first one, I'll say the big, the big one is like uh, he talked about the buried shadow, and it talks about him recounting the fall of Meridian as he calls it. Everybody else calls it the liberation, but he calls it the fall of Meridian. I guess all of the shadow cards are probably called the fall of Meridian, you know. 
And he says that uh, the king was murdered by cowards who mistook him uh, from rule uh, for madness. And he says he would have fought the, you know, fought to the end. But Jaron told him to take the prince and the queen to the west. And he also took the kestrels and the priests and a bunch of slaves with him. So he got them all out and they went west. And um, once they got the sunfall, they regrouped and started planning on taking Meridian back. But that never materialized because their strength was starting to fade, which what happens is they don't have any resources. They don't have, like when you finally do get the sunfall. Actually, I think we've already heard about Shadow Side, which is like a slum of sunfall. It's just super clear that they don't have resources. They don't have a bunch of food, everything. Um, and so, yeah, people were just getting weaker physically and then their forces were getting weaker. And he says that strength faded until the buried shadow was brought to light. And um, he says that when he first encountered the buried shadow, he thought that he should be the one to destroy it. But apparently the high priest uh, convinced him not to. <laughs> he says the high priest instructed him in prophecy and set his mind right. And according to the priest, the cosmic cycle was broke, was broken short of uh, completion. And this is with Jaron being killed because, you know, he's the Sun King, his illuminance. Uh, you know, so, and they said the world is cast in the darkness. And in order to correct the cycle, all forces of nature must combine both sun and shadow. And he says, without a sun in the sky, there can be no shadow. So the buried shadow is now their ally uh, because they want to set the cycle correctly. You know, you know, in his head, he's doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you sound so convincing in his head. He is really doing the right thing. Like you could see he is like, he is a true believer. So the buried shadow, by the way, I'm sorry. If, if you haven't caught on to that is Hades, that's who the buried shadow is. Uh, so that's why he started working with Hades. And yeah, cause I mean, things were going poorly for them until Hades came back and, uh, started to, give them corrupted machines that was probably like you know it was like oh the sun is blessing us <laughs> you know because now they're giving us a fort to force to take meridian back with uh so and he i mean he does have another shorter another short uh, audio log talking about taking back meridian and it starts off with him saying he wakes up every day to the nightmare of meridian being controlled by profligates and every day of the mark of failure, but the days are running thin. And he says, you know, he will see Meridian retaken and he will be an instrument of prophecy. Now, the other ones after that, uh, one talks about King Itaman, who is Abad's younger brother. That was the, you know, that was the, the that's the one who Jaron told him to get him out of the city. Uh, it's a law complaining about how Itaman is coddled by his mother. Now, please keep in mind that. Edmund is eight years old. I, I did confirm that this, this boy is eight years old. When you see him, because you will see him in this game, you can see how young he is. I think he actually looks a little younger, but maybe I just don't know how eight-year-olds look. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, I didn't realize how young he was at this point, because if Avad is like, what, 24? 20-something that we can't get an official age. is 20-something. Right. And I think he had an older brother. So I expected this brother to be like at least like 16 or something or like Aloy's like a teenager. age. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely younger than that. And so he says he's been trying to instruct him, but his mother's influence is too strong. I'm like, yeah, he's eight. 
Uh, so he took him to a sacrifice, but the little the little guy wasn't really into it. You know, he says he didn't have a thirst for it. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's eight years old. Not digging the vibe of the sacrifice, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so Helios wants him to be more like his father. He says the son should show no pity is, is what he comes off with. And he's like, yeah, you know, if he's going to be the true son king, he needs to, I guess, get away from his mother, essentially. Uh, he does get into a log. Uh, in one of the logs, he gets into uh, talking about how he pitied himself after his wife died giving birth to the to their child, and the child died as well. And uh, he said that Jaron sensed this, and instead of putting him down for it, he ordered that his wife and child be buried in the sacred caves reserved for royals and heroes. And he's like, "This is unimaginable." And that experience, he said, you know, ever since that day, he's never doubted that he was the chosen of the son and he would never pity himself or anyone else again. I'm like, that's your takeaway from that, but. I don't know. Maybe that's the day he snapped. Well, no, because the log said, never mind, because that whole log before that was like he got married and he's like, yeah, this isn't right. And then he like sleeps naked on the floor and then wakes up with her naked on the floor next to him. And he's like, oh, this is meant to be. Oh, yeah, that was the weirdest one where he was talking about his wedding night and how after his wife went to sleep, he started to get mad because he was like, I was looking at your delicate, beautiful face and he You're started soft. getting angry because it was fragile. Like that's her face was fragile and he started getting mad at everything comfortable. He was mad at how soft the bed was. He was mad at how good the drapes looked. He was mad at how good the incense smelled. He, he said all of this is weak. You know, he was upset at all of it. And so he decides to sleep on a stone floor naked. The next morning, his when he woke up, his wife was naked next to him on the stone floor. Uh, and he says when she woke up, she was instantly alert like an animal ready to strike. And that is when he knew she was perfect for him. After they got <laughs> married. After they got married. <laughs> After she woke up like an animal, oh. <laughs> you know. Yeah, so, so I'm just kidding. He's always been this way. Yes, he's always <laughs> he's always been this way. But I'm like, dude, I'm like, Meridian is a pretty comfortable place to live. Like, where right. are you living like a caveman? Wouldn't yeah? Wouldn't he be in a palace? Uh, well, I don't. I don't think he like he was like the champion, like the chosen warrior. I mean, he had to live in Meridian, you know. Right? Like he, like, uh, oh, did he choose to live outside Meridian on top of another mesa with on, in, in a grass hut? Like, you know, for all I know, or Maybe hut made he out just of clay. Slept in the middle of the sun ring. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> <laughs> when the, when the, when the, the priest or whatever come in there, like, you know, they're cleaning it up. It's like, come on, dude. Like, right. <laughs> put some clothes on. <laughs> you know, this actually so. happened in the sun ring. I'm just kidding. Oh man. <laughs> so yeah, he like that's the thing. He was like, the bed is too soft. <laughs> the dra the embroidery of the drapes. Wow. I'm like, man, what a life. So now after you get all of that information on Helis, which does not make uh you any closer to him, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh Aloy, she needs to get across the ravine and she pushes a tree down with her bare hands the tree is dying i'll give her that but that was ridiculous 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and the I mean fact, we are fighting robot dinosaurs, though. So the fact that it like lands perfectly and doesn't break, like it's like everything, not just the push, it's the everything. <laughs> like, oh, perfect, it's my way across. Like, how did that even work? <laughs> yeah. So they did. Like, I think she's she kept talking to Silence a little bit about Helis. Like, she was like, oh yeah, he's he's very single minded. And, you know, in the asylum's response is like, yeah, it gives him a focus that you don't have right now. <laughs> He's like, keep moving. You know, Silence is trying to get her like, he, so I will say this about Silence. He has told her several times she's the focus. Get to the uh, tall neck, break the module and then get out of there. Like she is in danger. It's a very dangerous area, but she's just kind of like, you know, Making we spent a, a bunch of time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We spent a bunch of time looking around Helis's tent. So, because even when she you get the Helis tent, she's like, "What's this?" And he's like, "A distraction." <laughs> you know, <laughs> keep, keep moving. Uh, so, the farther she goes, the closer you get to the explosions, and you finally see the tall neck, and it's surrounded by scaffolding. I, mean, I guess it would have to be since the legs aren't like one of the legs is missing. And um, she climbs to the top of the 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 tall neck and she sees the module but right beyond the module she also sees Hades installed in the corpse of a Horus. I see the module. Good. Double quick. This, this is Hades. Aloy, this is not the time. It's a metal devil. Open the module's casing now. Aloy. Do as I say, or all is lost. Entity has come here. Entity miscalculated. Entity cannot destroy me. I am beyond its reach. Maybe you are, but this isn't! Destroy the Entity. So when Aloy goes to destroy the module, she's like shocked and knocked back and that gets Hades' attention. And Hades is surprised that she came there, uh, which you'd only know if you have the subtitles on, by the way, because Hades has such a monotone voice that it sounds like a statement. He says the entity came here and it sounds like a statement, but the subtitles, it is a question mark. (laughs) He's like, the entity came here? Like, you know. Um, so yeah, it, it's the, he's actually a little, a little surprised she came there and he says the entity miscalculated, uh, you know, he's out of her reach. She can't hurt him. And so then she destroys the module and breaks the focus network and Hades has, Hades has all of the death bringers in the area attack the tall neck. Um, and Aloy is barely able to jump onto the next ledge and she starts running away. Now, there are a lot of Deathbringers, and they are all firing on you, and you just got to run. Now, if their firing was anything like what was going on here, the human should have won the fight. But I'm assuing that these are these are like you know damaged. damaged uh, yeah, yeah, they're they're not they're not at their best because they were missing, and you know they were not hitting at all. And good for us because it was like a platforming thing where you had to like you know, run along a ledge and climb up this and jump over to that and, you know. So I sometimes have issues with platforming in this game. Uh, Uh And I was having issues with platforming here and I died as I was going into the cave. 
because she wouldn't jump. Sometimes she just doesn't jump. So I'm like hanging on this platform. I'm like, okay, jump, go. <laughs> and she's just sitting there getting hit. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to die. And I, yeah, died as I got to the save point. Safe. Oh, you did. Yeah. Safe point. Yeah, she, you do eventually get to some place where you can just run, but there's a lot of humans there, but you're supposed to just run past them. You're not supposed to yeah. fight them. You can fight them, but I wouldn't recommend it. You just you just run past them because you can dodge and dip and dive and they won't hit you. Uh, especially because there's still some Deathbringers in front of you as well. Like, you have to run back to that bridge that we say has a re- weird repel point and there's Deathbringers in front of you. Uh, but yeah, once you hit the repel point, you jump off, you know, you jump off first and then you throw <laughs> the grapple up there. And uh, I, I'm assuming a Deathbringer destroys the bridge, which destroys the repel point, and she falls into a river. Uh, and she gets out, but man, she is hurting after that. Like, you can clearly oh, yeah. see she is not, like, sh- that was a rough one for her. She barely made it out with her life. Uh, but then again, like, once she catches her breath for a second, Hollow Silence shows up again. Rough going, but you survived. You knew Hades was there, and you sent me to him? I won't deny I risked your life, but it was the only way. Now, with the focus network down, we can both get what we want. Access to the secrets of Zero Dawn. I'm past trusting you with secrets. Good. That means you're wising up. Trust is for fools. It shifts and crumbles like sand. A poor foundation for any partnership. But mutual self-interest... Now that is a solid bedrock upon which you and I might build a new science of understanding. We both need answers, Aloy. And thanks to you, we're on the verge of grasping them. It's unfold. We'll speak again. Sounds like, yeah, I risked your life, but it was worth it. You know, it was the only way we can get this done. Um, and he's like, well, you know, now we can, you know, safely, somewhat safely, get to the Project Zero Dawn facility. Like, if she would have walked into sunfall before and ran across like an eclipse or 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 a shadow card that had uh, a uh, focus hades would have immediately known right now you know at least the focuses aren't working she has a chance of getting in but aloy is like super pissed and she's like oh, i'm done trusting you and he's like that's actually a good thing because trust is for fools but mutual self-interest makes for a good partnership so and I think right after that, she says something to the effect of she wish she could throw this focus away, but she knows she can't. Yeah. Well, the thing about this is she's like, oh, I'm done trusting you. But like, you didn't really like, trust him that much. I guess she went to the places that he said, but it's not like she's telling him any kind of secrets or anything. She doesn't have any secrets. Like all of the information she's finding, he's finding with her because of the focus. Yeah, exactly. I think she doesn't, she can't have any secrets because he's just looking directly through focus. Her, 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 she uses the focus, but she doesn't know how it works. So her focus is hacked. Right. And uh, there's nothing she could really do about that. So he can pop in at any given time, you know? Right. I will say uh, he was totally right earlier where he's like, just go, just go, just go. Because that point with a tall neck, if she would have just went, I don't think Hades would have seen her. I think he would have because he did not notice her at first. He didn't notice her at first. What happened was that when she went to go move the module or break the module, 
that's when he noticed her. Yeah, but it looked like he wasn't ready to move. So it looked like he was moving into the tall neck or something. And it looked like right. he wasn't ready to do that before that point. Like he right, got, she true. got there like the second that was happening. And if you weren't talking and and asking all these questions, then and maybe it would have been a little less dangerous. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe if she was just taking her spear and then broke the unit. Right. Period. It would have been it would have been better off. But yeah, you're right. He was he was correct. He was he was right that she should have just kept moving and she did not. So that to a degree is definitely on her. Yeah. But he has a pain. Like he doesn't give any answers. He just kind of comes and goes as he wants. Exactly. And you can do that when you're the one doing the hacking. So Right. <laughs> so yeah, that's gonna be it for this episode. Christina, how are we doing? Uh, I'm excited to continue the story. I think I've said that like 10 times. Like this is where you <laughs> keep getting info. And I'm just like, I'm like at that info bubble and it's about to pop. But it's like just not quite there yet. So it's getting frustrating every time you like learn a little bit more. But then it's right. just questions instead of answers. And I, I just I really need I'm just waiting for that bubble to pop and just be like, oh, it all makes sense now. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the, you don't get that until pretty much, I want to say, the, the end of the game. <laughs> well, we're yeah, getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there for sure. Because even after the Zero Dawn facility, which we will fully understand what Project Zero Dawn is at that point, we will completely understand it. Even after that, there's going to be more questions, you know, after that. So. Yeah, but, you know, it is interesting. There's a lot more, and we have a lot more information than we used to, so it's it's nice. But on the next episode, we will be finally heading to Sunfall. We've talked about Sunfall. We've heard about Shadowside, but we will be going there officially so that we can try to get our way into the uh, the Zero Dawn facility and then get some answers there. All right, so... With that, like I said, we are done. Thank you guys very much for listening. If you want to keep up with this show and the other shows on the Mashes Button Network, you can do so uh, by following us on Twitter at twitter.com slash the Mash Network. Christina, where can they find you? You can find me at S'mores Pop Tart on Twitter and Twitch. Uh, I'm also a host on another podcast called Wondrous Tales. We talk about Final Fantasy 14 content, and that's Anything that we feel like talking about for the week, main story, side quest, whatever. Um, and yeah, come hang out. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Josh Stradamus. Sorry, I was going to say Twitch first. You can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Josh Stradamus. And you can also find me on Twitch streaming sometimes on our channel, uh, Mash Those Buttons. So twitch.tv slash Mash Those Buttons. Uh, we'd love to have you join our Discord, which is mash.gg slash discord and so we can talk about how rising zero dawn uh we'd love for you guys to reach out with comments and questions so you feel free to do so on discord or you can reach out to us on twitter or you can just send us an email at contact that match that gg and uh if you want to help the show out and one of the best ways to do that is to ask sorry <laughs> the one of the best ways to do that is to share the show with others and to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform of choice and if you want to take your support a bit further, you can do so at mtb.gg slash support. You can see all the different ways you can support Mash Those Buttons, uh, such as Patreon. We have a Teespring store. Uh, there's Twitch subscriptions. Uh, 
you can uh, use our Humble Bundle affiliate links, or you can even send us a one-time PayPal donation. And I encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear more about Mash Those Buttons. And with that, we are done for this episode. We will see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 